Sun Shar here with a post-recording message for you. We just found out that somehow we made it into the finalists for the Discover Pods Awards. What? So if you could take the time to please, please vote for us. We're in the People's Choice category. We would really appreciate your support. We don't know how this happened. I mean, it's because of you guys, for sure. Everyone that voted for us in the first place. So please head to awards.discoverpods.com slash finalists. We're in category 20, the people's choice category. Please vote for us. Somehow, maybe we can win. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Drinking and Screaming, a new podcast we're doing about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm Kelly. And today we have a special guest from Super Hopped Up, since this week's film is video game related. Oh, no. <laughs> that was Chris Norris Jones. He's here to give us some deep cut insights into Silent Hill's realm. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we created this cocktail to bring out the inner childhood of your demon, topped with some rusty blood for a bit of flash. I feel like when I said, hey, I'm Kelly, I sounded very, um, uh, gummed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not because of what the cocktail is. (laughs) What do you mean? More guttural than usual. Uh, (laughs) Why don't you tell us what's in this cocktail and then we'll describe exactly what we think of it. Yeah. So the base, it's another milkshake drink. I call it the Rusty Mojito Milkshake. Nice. And I used uh, Mr.'s Mojito ice cream that they uh, provided us with. So thank you, Mr.'s, which is like a really cool liquid nitrogen ice cream making company in Vancouver. It's a vodka mojito instead of a traditional rum mojito. I use Sons of Vancouver vodka and the rust that I included. Usually we use it for kind of, uh, usually we use it for blood, but it's the Cassis from Odd Society. Turns out that it can be used for multiple things. Yeah, and then there's fresh lime in there too. Hmm. Because I thought otherwise it would just kind of be like white, like the fog, I guess. But it's true. the The first thing I like about this is for for ostensibly a cream based milkshake ish kind of drink. It's very bright. Like you can taste the lime real real good off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely like had a strong base from the ice cream itself. It wasn't just like vanilla ice cream. Yeah. But then I added a whole lime into our drink. I think because we didn't have fresh mint, but I think the mojito ice cream is minty enough that it kind of gives it that flavor. Yeah, you you might have even overpowered it if you did that at that point. Yeah, it's true. This might actually be one of my favorite ones that you've made so far. You say that almost every time. No, sometime I tell you that yours are bad and I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say you're contractually obliged to say that, but turns out it's not the case. Now, here on on Drinking and Screaming, we We are uh, honest. Radical honesty. (laughs) Sometimes Char make bad drink. This is good drink, actually. (laughs) <laughs> this is great drink. I like this. I would I would order this at a bar and not be upset. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, I don't think I've ever had like a refreshing cream drink before. I it kind of tastes like key lime pie. Oh yeah. Which was definitely an accident, 100%. But yeah. sure. With like whip it's like whipped cream key lime pie kind of flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately since the creme de cassis is so uh I'm sorry, creme de c- <laughs> is creme so de Cthulhu, yeah. Creme de c- Cthulhu. <laughs> 
uh, is so like heavy. I'm, I think by the time I get to the end of this drink, it's mostly just going to be the creme de kick here. Yeah, because I wanted it to like kind of pepper on the top, but it's always so heavy compared to other liquors that we use that is, it always drinks to the bottom. Is unintentionally layered, yeah. yeah. But it actually gives a cool visual effect. Yeah, if you like mix it when you get to the bottom, it looks like it's bleeding and it's getting, Ooh. or it's getting rusty and it's going to the other world. And it goes, That was not a chicken. That was me. I also don't think that's how the siren sound. It kind of <laughs> sounded like that. More of a <laughs> kind of sound, right? No. Yeah, no, that was good. No, I got it. I You're got like it. Family no. from Arrested Development. None of you know what a fucking chicken sounds like. Cuckoo, 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 And this drink is Buddy approved. He's been nibbling at my glass this entire time. Yeah. Buddy is Buddy is drink horny right now. He will not leave us alone. Also, the, you guys are both wrong. The siren is. Burr, 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 burr. Oh, yeah, of not, course. Not Thank not you for jogging my memory. Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than mine. <laughs> it's unlikely. Just so you know, this podcast is going to contain some contents on rape and sexual assault. So if you need to, feel free to skip this one. No hard feelings. So this week we watched Silent Hill. It came out on April 21st in 2006. It's directed by Christophe Gans, which, holy crap, when I was researching just this part, it's a French-Canadian movie. I don't know how I didn't put two and two together with the shitty acting and awful writing. (laughs) All right, bear in the lead. Hell yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. Uh, But this is based on the video game of the same name, created by Konami. And here's my synopsis that I totally stole from IMDb. Your synopsis? Yes. My French-Canadian will come out a lot in this episode. (laughs) Sharon Da Silva wakes up every night screaming about Silent Hill. Pursued by a police officer suspicious of her motives and swerving to avoid another child, her adoptive mother crashes the car, knocking herself unconscious. When Rose DeSalvo awakens to find her adopted child is missing, she searches the fog and ash blanketed town for her beloved daughter. You said Rose DeSalvo, which would have been an entirely different movie if oh. she's like she's like Italian, like, hey, I gotta go find my kid out here. Go is down to those De- Silent Hill. De Silva, sorry. All De those Silva. fucking cultists going around trying to catch my kid. Rose DeSalvia, <laughs> the entire thing was just a weird 10-minute drug trip. Yeah, the movie's very short. Hit me with that trailer. Honey, sometimes when you go to sleep, you go on a little walk. And sometimes you talk about a place. I don't remember. That's why we're going to go there. So you can remember. Sharon! Christopher, Sharon's gone. I need your help. I'm not okay. Please, hurry. Only the dark one opens and closes the door to Silent Hill. Hey! Where is she? I'm trying to find my wife. They do a good job of actually not giving away too much of the creatures. There's like a tiny hint of, okay, maybe <laughs> at the end there. But there was a hint of them, but not too much, I think. They Even the, with that big reveal. They give the requisite 30 frames of Pyramid Head. I think I saw that trailer when I was like 15 or whenever age I was in 2006. 2006. 20 aught 6. 20 and 6. Because uh, I remember being very frightened of that trailer and never having played Silent Hill before. I was like, mm, this looks like a movie I don't want to watch. <laughs> I've only seen it. I saw it after playing... 
uh, Shattered Memories oh, okay. from your recommendation. We watched it together. Oh, but you never remember seeing the trailer? No. But Not the even in, movie. in Montreal, where I imagine they were promoting this quite heavily? Yeah. I mean, I remember like it being a thing, but I had never seen it. That's fair. I think I saw this 2007. Like I actually saw it with with friend of the podcast, one David Beebe, actually. Um, yeah, and we were sharing a 12-pack a between the two of us, and that didn't even fix it. <laughs> that, that, didn't, that didn't fix the night. I mean, he really does not like horror things, so I'm surprised that you got him to watch it. Yes, I think it was just, there's a movie on. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> just the TV, the TBS version where they cut out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that while we were watching it, they hid the monsters quite a lot until they immediately showed all of the monsters. I mean, not all of them. Still. The burning babies weren't there. That's true. I think there might have been a split second of them, but yeah, they, they keep some things close to their chest. Maybe not enough. Yeah. Or that one of my favorite ones, the red uh, jacket nurse with the bleeding eyes. Oh, Lisa? Yeah. She wasn't in it at all. That's true. It's one of those things where it's like, if you've played the game, they're showing you the things that you would want to see to like make you want to go see this movie. Right. Because you're like, oh man, I love me some Pyramid Head. I love me some Grey, gray Children or whatever. I've already finished my drink. I did also. I'm yeah. so sad. <laughs> I should have made more. That was oh, not right. a chore at all. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a treat. <sighs> so Norris, what makes you a... Uh, expert on this podcast it can be any reason oh boy um <laughs> so i i wanted to i already wanted to make this preface but just because i am technically quote unquote parenthetically the video game guy yeah i have not really played all that much <laughs> Silent Hill. i think Damn i just it. i think you 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 wonderful people just asked me what do you think you would most be be apt for and i looked through your list of of of, of things you're gonna go through and i was like that's a video game one <laughs> that seems the least tenuous um, I have played Shattered Memories, which is a good Silent Hill game. I have gotten the gist, the gist of all the other Silent Hill games. Turns out it's it's all in their heads or something. I it's guess usually, it's usually in their head, like zombies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I, I have a I have a journeyman's understanding of the of the oeuvre. So I I can I can come in here and I can spit some real game about Silent Hill. I don't think I'm an expert like Kelly even is. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like video games and this is a video game movie. So damn it, here I am. We'll talk nice. about the game design of the 2006 movie. Yeah. Uh, well, first things first, I, I'm going to start with the positives because, you know, you always got to start with the positives. I thought this movie looked surprisingly good yeah for a 2006 horror film this was maybe the most expensive b horror film c <laughs> horror film that i think i've ever seen in my life that's fair um <laughs> the, the the cgi for 2006 i say is remarkably good like there are some moments where you can look at it and you can say that is some 2006 ass cgi i think my least favorite part of the cgi was like the wallpaper effects oh really it was it was a cool idea but for that for me that like kind it's of like pulled, pulled me out, you of, out it. of it it's it's visually striking if, yes. if if a little bit i guess i'm sure that could be done better now yeah um, but like overall, like I think it looked great. Um, I think the aesthetics are on point. I think it's really like strong to like the Silent Hill idea. Mm -hmm. It it kind of feels like the video game in a weird way. Yeah. Um, I have I, I wrote a bunch of notes when I was going through this. Um, the the music is fucking great. Um, <laughs> with the exception of the very beginning, I remember writing a note Sarah to saying like I hate this music for the very beginning, but I kind of hate everything at the very beginning. That's fair. It's this, an entirely different movie before they actually get to Silent Hill. It's, it's not. <laughs> it's not even a movie. It's like a. It's like a weird 
Cialis commercial. Like nothing makes any <laughs> fucking sense in that entire intro. It was so weird when they were at the tree and the mom is like cuddling her and like straddling her as if she had just given birth to this adoptive child. Ooh, maybe it's I was metaphorical. Like, yeah, supposed to show that she's like really her mother. Yeah, but it was. I was just like, this is so weird. It 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 felt like something out of a out of like a daytime soap opera. It was not great. The the child actress uh, who I think she actually is very good later in the film when she's doing like the dark demon shit. Yeah. Like, she, she pulls that shit off really well. Mm-hmm. Whenever she plays as Sharon, I feel like she was given the note from the director, just like, you look like 11 years old, pretend you're six. Yes. Like, it was it was bad. Yes, thank you. I also felt that. Yeah, just her entire role as as the Sharon character was just screaming mommy and, and being like very sad. Yeah. Which I guess spoilers goes kind of somewhat to her character that she's like the goodness. I guess. Of, We'll we'll break down some of the questions I still have at the end of the story here. But it does kind of like contrast the dark Alessa, which is like very in control and demon like. This Sharon's like, I need help from everyone and I'm scared. I'm scared and half acting half my age, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That actress actually went on to play in another not great Canadian series called Dark Matter. It's on Netflix now, I think. Okay. I feel like that seems vaguely familiar. Yeah. she. You, if you saw her with like the blue hair that her character has, you might recognize her. She's also in Twilight Eclipse. Mm. Well, who wasn't in Twilight Eclipse? She's not Eclipse? the daughter, is she? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I think the aesthetics are on point. Uh, the, the tone, the feel of the movie. The cinematography is great. Everything looks really good when they're in this fake hell world. I almost want to download like the industrial grimy music in this. Oh, so like everything that Akira Yamaoka made for the original games? Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the air raid... Sirens on point. I'm, I love me a good air raid siren. Yeah, it's fucking great. Um, the monsters look really cool. Like I feel like they're they they pulled from the video game. I think, but like it, it yeah. all it all fits. It all works as this kind of weird, creepy story. And and then you you start listening to the dialogue. And it gets to my <laughs> next point. You can tell that this was a movie made from a PS one game because it feels like everyone s- s- sounds like they're fucking reading the dialogue from a PS one game. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. There are moments I expected Rose to say, basically, you are the master of unlocking. Like, it's if this, it felt like the script was written in crayon. Yeah. And it felt like it had gone through a Babblefish translator first. <laughs> Every time they say Silent Hill, I just expect, like, dialogue to pop up at the bottom of the screen and si- Silent Hill's in red. Because they're like, we need to go to Silent, Silent Hill. Hill. <laughs> Which, I, fine, I want to talk about some of the reasons why they even go to Silent Hill and oh, what happens man. when they get there. Um, there was a lot of like the weird, awkward, like yelling at a gate that's in like every horror oh, movie yeah. ever, but like so much of that. It's always just like, I can't do this. I need to scream either for it or someone to help me get yeah. through. Sean Bean is in this film and we all know that Sean Bean's a pretty good actor. Yeah. It, it feels like there's an internal struggle in, in Chris, Sean Bean's character in this film, but it feels less like a struggle against anything in the film and more like he's just fighting the dialogue the entire time. It's... Like he was, he's not good in this. No, but, but no one looks good in this. I do yeah. kind of have a point later on as to why he seems like so bad. You said there was maybe like a reason for this, which yes. I'm excited to find out. I'll save that for my uh, my facts at the end. But uh, yeah, I totally agree. I pointed out that um, uh, Rose had this weird tendency to 
go up to Alessa or Sharon and be like, everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. And I'm like, which one is it, Rose? Is everything fine now or are you going to make things fine? <laughs> Tell me, please. Present or future tense. And she does that like three or four times. Every time she sees the child, she's like, everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. And it's like, Rose, make up your goddamn mind. Be two consistent. different things. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite things about the badness of this film is at the end of it all, it really just is a two hour PSA about not speeding. Because um, <laughs> like the, the moment that causes all of this is is when for no reason rose the protagonist who is going to silent hill for no other reason than her kid screams it in her nightmares which is fine that's dumb but acceptable dumb in a b-horror film she's just stopped by a cop for no reason for no explanation she decides she's gonna put it into fucking fourth gear and just get boot that. away yeah it's, it's why everything is predicated on that one decision and it's completely like unaccounted for horrendously dumb. She needs to get to Silent Hill. She drives through a fucking locked gate. What's up with Andrea? I don't know what the cop's real name is, but she's Andrea from The Walking Dead. Um, (laughs) Oh, she is. Shit, that's where I knew her from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But what's up with her obsession with this, like, little girl and the mom? uh, They they tell us, like, four or five times about how some guy took a kid to Silent Hill and dumped him down a well. So now she's, like, super on edge about anyone bringing kids to Silent Hill. Okay. That actually clicks for me because I, I kept wondering why later in the film they're just like, do you know about our female cop? Yeah. She had to go save a kid from the mine shafts. And I'm like, why is this important to me? Yeah. I guess that actually that actually makes sense why she was weird yeah, it when was she sees the kid. I remember when I first saw it and I'm like, did fucking Chris call the feds on his wife? And yeah. like now they're tracking her Jeep or something like that? I don't know it's why like, he didn't want them to go to Silent Hill though in the first place. Because it's... It's spooky. I think it's just one of those like dude things where it's like, I can I can fix my kid here with, with medicine and stuff. You don't have to go to some spooky city with our kid and discover the secret. I'll do it with meds. She's taking meds. It's fine. One of the, one of yeah. the dumb things I loved is when when Chris Sean Bean's character is doing his like his research with three R's at the, like throughout the film. <laughs> um, one of the things he does to find out about Silent Hill is he goes to a website that I had to write down because it was called HauntedAmericanCities.web. Yes, which is just <laughs> Kelly just, made fun of that too. Just fucking great. <laughs> Like, dot .web, is that a thing? I don't even know if that's a URL. Is that like a 555 area code but for guess. websites on films? Yeah. I don't know. Dot .org, this is our government-funded haunted <laughs> haunted town website. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's pretty bad. Also, it's in, I think she left it open. That was the thing. Like, he knows that they're going to Silent Hill because she left a Google search open about Silent Hill. I don't think she wanted to, like, not let him know. It was like she needed enough distance that he wouldn't be able to stop them. That's but not, true. I'm not going to tell you where your kid is. I left a bear trap outside of our door so he steps in it and can't chase after <laughs> us for a while. Because they still, they do have a weird relationship, but you can tell that they still love each other, obviously. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, it's, it's not a problem relationship but like it's almost like a sort of like a, a, a child issue that's causing problems in the relationship yeah. yeah it's basically like i'm a mother you wouldn't understand kind of thing yeah i need to do this because i'm a my my womb is just on fire right now the ovaries yeah they call they're shooting out feels into my brain <laughs> the lady time bomb they call them yes yeah um <laughs> Jesus, you're a feminist podcast. I'm so sorry. So I'll I'll find my own way out. Um, so before they get to Silent Hill, and the movie gets good. Um, some of my favorite bad horror film tropes is she stops off at a gas station slash diner thing and just she gets that full on Silent Hill. Oh, we don't go up to Silent <laughs> yeah. Hill. Like it's a lady saying it, but it's the exact same damn line. It's it's great. Uh, the cop yells at her like you 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 big city folk keep bringing your problems to our <laughs> small town folk. 
just mm, just chef's so kiss. Just just the best <laughs> D grade writing. I mean, you you want it to be like this high class horror film because it's based on a video game, which is a nobler art than film. Let's be honest. True. Yeah, the noblest art. <laughs> the noblest art. So you would That's hope. That's why to honk. Exactly. <laughs> so you would hope. Yes! You would hope that it has some sort of story progression beyond. Oh, we don't go out there and on. Chung. It's me spitting in a can. I got it. Yeah. Um, and I'm jumping all over the place here, but one of the things that I thought was the most egregious part of the entire script is just at like the, at just before the climax, there is a moment where uh, Rose has to go and find her daughter. And for whatever reason, she gets sent down to like find the evil version of the daughter. There's a lot to this fucking film. Yeah. Um, there's a moment where like she goes into a room and she basically wakes up in the Matrix 2 Architects room. <laughs> and it's just, it's basically just like, oh, we need to explain a whole lot of plot right now, and we have no good way of doing it in media res, so we're just going to basically take the next eight to ten minutes and explain the entire plot to you. Yeah. Which is unacceptable. But they started off with, your prize is you get to know the truth. Yeah. That just made it worse. That's just, that's just bad. Like, is it is it the demon explaining it? Is it Alessa explaining it? Like, I don't know I what exactly like is the... Alessa. I think it's Dark Alessa explaining yeah. it. And oh. it's... They, like, kind of hinted that that was gonna happen by having, like, the film reel play in her head. But, like, the fact that it... If if she, like, touched Alessa and then, like, like her eyes shot up in the air and, like, mm. you've got, like, mind images, that'd be one thing. But it literally looks like she covers her eyes and then a film starts playing. Yeah. It's, Which it's... Like, if that, other than the story being, like, very different than the first one of, like, how Alessa got to where she was, like, that is straight out of the game where you get to that point and it's like, hey, you found my hidden base. Here's the story so far, Harry. So that was true to form, but also very weird for a film. There, it's it's weird because, again, going back to my first point, I think the best and worst parts of this movie are entirely due to the fact that it's from a video game source material. It's fair. The aesthetics are good. Everything looks really pretty. Like, the, the shit's weird in a very weird video game sense but at the same yeah. time the dialogue they 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 couldn't write a script for this but they still had to <laughs> it was 2006 apparently I the guess, but and in canada good movies have been made before 2006 <laughs> <laughs> apparently he was this isn't one of my facts but it is a fact apparently he was pitching this for like five years because he wanted to get the rights to silent hill to make this movie because he was a huge fan of it so he had time to write the f- script my, one of my points is about the differences between this and the game and how it, they adapted it to be a film. So I'll just wait until my points to say that. All right. I, I got a few more things on this point and then I'll get to my final most important point. Um, there are a couple of the couple scenes in this film I really want to I want to like focus on real quick when they're going into the church safety for the first time. Uh, there is a moment where. Uh, a, a random lady named Anna who's been following them who is just fully on like the the brainwashed like a brainwashed member of the cult love uh, that Kool-Aid who, she, she sucks also because she gets ends up getting caught outside the church because she really just wanted to throw a fucking bottle at the witch lady Hell who yeah. looks like David Bowie from Labyrinth um <laughs> Uh, so she stays outside to fucking hurl a bottle at her and Pyramid Head just apparates and just full on degloves her entire yes. skin. I love that part. Fucking great. I Oof. I watched the movie with my partner and she kind of winced, but I was full on just like, yes, the and entire then, time and that made, happened. Uh, Kelly and I get to do one of our favorite traditions, watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. What is that, Kelly? Boobs. We yell boobs. Every time we see boobs in a horror movie, we have to scream <laughs> that. 
I guess there are boobs for a split second, but it's really it's not. It's boobs being with a like a hand reaching through the skin to pull it up. Yeah, it's just if that's your titillation, you need to get some things figured out. And then he chucks the skin at the church, which is uh, symbolic and just, amazing. It's a baller move, really. Uh, <laughs> the blood like like splashing through the closing doors and hitting Sybil and uh, Rose. Sybil, that's her name. Sybil, which there is are, like symbolic of like that girl's blood is on your hands now. Yeah. There are definitely numerous shots in this film where like something sticky. Gets gets thrown and people kind of just like wince and move away as 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 gore gets onto their face. Yeah. Uh that happens again in in the like the climax scene, which is great because the climax is in the church and the the evil Alessa comes up and just does like a full on uh, annihilation of all of the shitty cultist yeah. people shooting like barbed wire at everybody. Yeah, which like first of all it looks like a final boss in a video game so yeah. apt. And second of all, I I like I turned to my partner as I was watching this and I basically said like the end of Inglorious Bastards same energy. This this has the exact <laughs> same feel as, as just a bunch of people just fucking mowing down Nazis in a burned down movie theater. I like so much barbed wire. So much and it's used Oh, horrendously to like very symbolic effect, but I in a like, oh, yeah, the the, say it, the, say the lady getting um, pierced through the the genital region just, of barbed wire, and a, the worst part of that ugh. scene is if you listen to her before she says it, she says, "Oh Lord, please let me stay pure," and then gets pierced Yikes. by the the barbed wire, and it's like, oh God, that's horrifying. Yeah, like she she gets got in a bad way, which she deserves. But like, I was a little bit like, I guess I get the reason why, because everything is sort of about like child rearing. There's a lot of sort of like parental kind of things to this. So maybe the idea of like the weird barbed wire intrusion in a sort of parental sexual way. I'm making this up as I go along. I think it was I don't also know like Alessa, this, but Alessa wanting to hurt her aunt in such a way that she knew like not only was she hurting her physically, but like spiritually as well. So yeah, she's that. like, this will hurt my aunt. And yeah. she's like been through awful things too. Yeah. Like, and then the, the aunt's response was, I'm going to kill you. Let's yeah. burn you alive. Burn her, burn her, burn her. She's cool. Burn Which, her. I need to, maybe I was like looking away for a second because I need someone to explain why exactly she needed to get burned. Because the like there is a, during the, the stupid film reel exposition dump, like we find out that she was raped by like a jet, like Alessa was raped by a janitor. Who's yeah. Named yeah. Colin, who yeah. You see, you see the corpse of Colin in the, in the school. He becomes like the weird contorted pain demon, mm-hmm. which is a, a great look. He um, was specifically put in that position so that when, while he's moving, he's dragging his genitals up against the rusty steel floor. Good shit. Cause Alessa wanted to like torture him. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's fucking rad. Um, get got, get got. Wh- why did she need to get burned? So, What's her name? Dahlia had a bastard child, which in their eyes were... Is no bueno. Yeah. Because yeah. she says, like, all the parents tell their kids that Alessa's evil because she doesn't have a father, which basically means she was a bastard. So to cleanse their cult and keep them pure, they have to burn the child. The sin. Yeah, not the, the sinner. Not the just sinner. The, the mom's fine. She just wanted to get hers, I guess, but... Alessa needs to burn, and they needed to do it in that like super super brittle way, I guess, so that the soul of Alessa also dies. I don't know. Like, the, and yet she lived. The, the yeah, whole, she lived mo- the the most ironic death, I guess. <laughs> the whole the whole love the sin or hate the sin spiel doesn't really work if the sin is also a human being. Exactly. I don't know. That's a that don't work real well. I mean, not in their eyes. They always called her the demon, even like. When she was a human living person, they were like, oh, the demon needs to be cleansed. You're cool, though, Dolly. It's fine. Just cut to a weird split second scene where there's a girl in a school and everyone's just throwing books at her. Yeah. Which is in the movie. Yeah. Which is good, then, that everyone who stops to throw things at ladies gets got, it seems. Yeah. I mean, the whole town died, so. It's good. Deservedly so. It's Um, also like, 
following that thread, like the idea was that Dark Alessa is basically a representation of the Reaper. Like she's literally death in this movie. Yeah. And so she comes to Alessa because Alessa basically begs for help. And Dark Alessa is like, these people are stuck in purgatory because they're fucking stupid. We need to cleanse their souls and let them go on to hell or heaven or wherever they're going. And we need to do that in the most metal album way ever. Wrap that lurch-looking motherfucker up in some barbed wire and then splish him. All, all of those cultist members look like they were extras in a later Harry Potter film. <laughs> oh, man. I loved all their shrouds that they had. Oh, like, yeah. Everyone had the same shroud, which I guess is like, it's, it could be their um, religious uniform. All their court symbol, cult symbols and stuff. Yeah. 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 Strong strong cult vibe, which, which goes to my final point, and I'll be quick because I feel like I've taken up too much time here. This whole thing, this whole weird religious cult, couldn't help but remind me of everyone's everyone's favorite current religious cult, the entire Jeffrey Epstein case, oh, and I am going to bring it up on your podcast. <laughs> so on brand. Yes. <laughs> I don't so know why I mean, we didn't think you would do this. I mean, just just think about it. It's a weird sex obsessed cult full of old people who want bad things for children. Okay. You've got you've got Christabel, who basically is Hillary Clinton. Sure. I mean, I'm not going to explain it out for you. You can do the math. It's fine. <laughs> and Pyramid Head, who really, if you think about it, is basically just all of us, the brave internet truth seekers, trying to trying to find out and and cleanse the world. <laughs> Of these awful child child endangerers, child pederasts, and monsters. Wait, then who is Epstein in this situation? Um, yeah, I didn't listen, think about that one. That it's, not a, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a perfect one to one. I'm probably the mother. Rose didn't kill herself. Probably. If you the look, mother. there's a bruise on her forehead that doesn't come from hitting your head up against a uh, yeah, steering wheel. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know, like the hyoid boy can't break from that kind of car crash. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> I just wanted to say that and then I'm done. It's fine. <laughs> it's very topical. <laughs> I can always just cut it out. Don't Fair worry about enough. <laughs> I will not blame you. Kelly has all editing power. We're going to take a moment to talk about our sponsors and socials. This episode of Drinking and Screaming is brought to you through the generous support of Mr.'s Ice Cream, Odd Society Distilling, and Sons of Vancouver Distillery, who donated the liquors and ice cream used in this week's cocktail. Almost the entire sponsorship gang's in there this week. Woohoo! Yay! Thanks, everyone, for all your continued support. We really appreciate it. Mr.'s makes their ice cream with liquid nitrogen, and it creates a lot of fog in the process. So, you know, it's just perfect for this ash and smoke ridden film. Check out our Patreon to help our podcast grow. Patreon.com slash drink and scream. Patrons get lots of cool rewards like drinking, screaming swag, digital cocktail, recipe cards, bonus episodes, and behind the scenes content. We're going to be featured at Vancouver Podcast Festival this year. We'll be at their opening night party on November 7th. And Shar gets to be a speaker for a panel on the podcasting about visual mediums. Whoa, visual. That'll be a free event uh, at the Vancouver Public Library's showroom on November 10th, 2019. Fuck me. What 2019 at 2 p.m. So weird. <laughs> Keeping dates, all of that. Dates and times are hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Drink and Scream, Twitter at Drink underscore Scream, and email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. Please make sure to rate us on iTunes so that we can help new listeners find us. It would really help us out. Wink, wink. For Discord, we're going to cozy on up with our partner, Super Hopped Up. So where do they go, Norris? Uh, they can go to bit.ly slash hopped up Discord to get in on that conversation. Whoa! 
should all listen to Super Hop Tap. It's a very good podcast with very smart people. What's it about? I've never heard of it. Game and like games and liquor. It's basically this one, but with, <laughs> with so gaming, video games, not horror. Yeah. <laughs> and we we talk extensively more about Epstein on that one. Oh, that's good. Also, you guys even have a script. I didn't know you could make scripts and research for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's a promo for another Lady Pod Squad podcast called Tea and Strumpets. I was going through the lists of awesome lady podcasts that we like, and this promo is a spoof on Disney's Beauty and the Beast, so I had to include it. <laughs> Good morning, Kelsey. I've got to tell you about this Regency romance I just read. Zoe, you're finished already? Oh, I couldn't put it down. Have you read anything new? (laughs) Not since you asked me yesterday. That's all right. I'll just find something I've read before. But Zoe, haven't you read and reread hundreds of these books? Well, they're my favorites. Far Off Places, Daring Damsels, True Love, and Dukes in Disguise. (laughs) Since we both love these books so much, what if we made a podcast? Oh, but Kelsey. I insist. Well, all right. Let's do it. Join us, real-life friends and real-life romance novel enthusiasts, every other week on Tea and Strumpets, a Regency romance review, as we discuss a book from our favorite genre and what makes it steamy or tepid. And as the Regency period technically lasted only nine years, generally we're talking post-wigs but pre-telephone. So whether you're looking for a book to add to your to-be-read pile or you've read our choice already, we've got a little something for everyone. Read along or just listen in. You can find us on your podcatcher of choice. And new episodes coming every other Thursday. All right, Shard, it is now your turn. Woohoo! Uh, my first point is that I loved the music. The music was by far my favorite part of the movie. It's good. Not- it's the most Japanese thing in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the, that industrial grime is so good. Yeah, and like the haunting piano themes and like the melodies they use are so compelling. There's like, I don't know what it is. There's like a simple intricacy to it that really draws in the audience. Like I want to say draws in the listener. Mm-hmm. Um and that's like as pretentious as I want to be. <laughs> but this is the uh, the hidden fact about my drink. The composer, Akira Yamaoka, uh, actually said in an interview that if, if he had to compare uh, his creation and his music with a cocktail, it would be a mojito. <laughs> so I was like, aha, we have mojito ice cream from a sponsor. <laughs> what, a, what the hell was the guy going on in that interview? That, seem, that seems like he's trolling people because like, I, I guess a mojito like what part of his music is supposed to be a mojito he i didn't write i didn't take out the part of the interview but it was like talking about the like complexities of the five different ingredients melding together and creating something new and refreshing that sounds like dude just really likes mojitos and he tries to like i had a mojito in hand while he was saying it (laughs) trying to justify it it's like everyone's making fun of him for drinking mojitos and he's like no man they're real complex i do my music it's my inspiration (laughs) My muse. <laughs> I do know that he also said the second one is like red wine and the third one is like a pale ale. Which doesn't make sense. 
Was he just like, did, did this interview go happen in a bar and he was just looking around the room? I mean, Japanese people do love to drink. So this, this is actually a pretty good interview, I guess. The article itself was like, it wasn't just an interview with uh, Akira Yamaoka, but it was with a bunch of different game designers and like game creators okay. and like comparing their games and like offerings with cocktails. I know it's about the music, like but now I'm picturing all the main characters of each of the Silent Hill games drinking these. So like <laughs> Harry's just sipping a mojito on a sunny day. A little umbrella in the drink. Yeah. Mm. James is drinking some wine while he's sitting next to his dying wife. And then Heather or no wait. Yeah. Heather drinking a pale ale, I guess. Goes to the mall and gets herself a pale ale because she's 16. Hell yeah. Yeah. Whew. But uh, you know, I thought it worked out that I had the ice cream mojito. Yeah, we've been looking for a way to use this sponsor for a while. Yeah, and I well. love it. And it works out, I think, extra good just because um, I want to give uh, Alyssa some some good, good um, cocktail vibes in a child-friendly <laughs> some form. Some vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge milkshake. Just tweet it. Uh, actually, Alyssa is uh, 40, I think. The, like, it's true. The she grew one. up. Yeah. 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 give her that in a straw through her burnt uh, skin. I don't even think she can talk. Uh, it seems like know. she's IV fed. Something like that. Like, because it was like burned shut. Chronologically, she must have been an adult, yeah. But she yeah. did still look like a child when she was in the bed. Uh, uh, like, I mean, she's probably atrophied because she hasn't yeah. gotten out of the bed. Plus, it's like a demon form of herself. So. And she's also still young enough, though, because she was, what, like... 10. 14? Yeah. Did and they say 10? I think... I think uh, Alessa, Dark Alessa, and Sharon were all, like, 10... So real Alessa was like 40 because it had been 30 years since the fires had happened. And right. It's but wait, how does that work, though? Because that's her kid. Her kid isn't. It do- nope. Don't nope. think too hard. No sense to be made. I didn't know. It was- how do you- so are you she- sure it was 30 yeah, years so- ago? So the, yes. the cultists and Alessa are stuck in purgatory, more or less, for like 30 years. Yeah. And then without naming how, Alessa gets pregnant. But it might just be her like shedding off. A new person from I thought it was the rape the rape potentially which is why I didn't I did not get that 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 was so long ago I mean literally during the exposition or not even after the exposition when Dark Aless is like hey we need to sneak into that church Sharon or Rose is like well then who's Sharon and Dark Aless is like it's Alessa's daughter. Yeah. It's the good form of her. But exactly. Alessa's 10 and it's been 30 years so Either it's a real child or she flaked one off. This is this is some real Abbott and Costello third base shit. Like like none of it makes sense. Yeah, I Ugh. don't think she got pregnant from Colin. Okay. Plus, I'm pretty sure a baby couldn't survive that burning very well. I think her body would have probably freaked out. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I'll, I'll agree true. with that one. Um, but yeah, it's kind of tenuous whether or not Sharon's real. And in the game, I'm pretty sure Cheryl isn't real. She's a uh, basically. a ghost twinsy right all right on to my next point um i loved the second thing i loved a bit less than the music but still it was amazing uh the creature and horror design was really cool oh yeah so how much of it is actually like taken from the game and how much is there anything that's completely unique um so the armless man the like acid breathing guy that's uh he's from one uh, the gray children who like grab onto Rose are, are also like from crying. one. Yeah. yeah, I remember them. Yeah, Pyramid Head is from two, although it's a different design for the movie. Uh, the nurses are from two as well, and then I think Colin is the only original creature design in the game. Who's he's, that? He's the crawling. He's the bendy guy. He's, he's yeah. the pain scorpion. Right. 
Yeah. Which is, yeah, the bathroom monster. That was one of my favorites. Both, I would agree. That's probably the most interesting one in the game. In the the iterations of the nurses, like the actual like classic ones we know, and then the uh, like red jacket woman, Lisa. Oh, Lisa? Yeah, she's yeah. from the first game as well. Was super cool. And then, and then I the, liked... The little scorpion things, I believe, are from one as well. Okay. So most of them are from one... With a little bit of like the nurses and the uh, and pyramid head were like too iconic that they couldn't not include yeah, them. Yeah, sure. definitely. And then the what was probably the scariest or like most like horrific thing for me was the uh, when she's just in Silent Hill for the first time and there's the like man corpse hanging and like he's like all his entrails are oh, coming yeah. out and then you see that he's still alive. Yeah, and like blinking. Oh. But then you think about it, he was one of the cultists, so like dude had it coming. I guess, but that's like, uh Everybody that died had died in such terrible ways in this film. Is, is, is the inference that, like, the pain demons did that, I guess, like, as a punishment or something? I, uh, yeah, I think so. Every time that uh, Pyramid Head grabs one of the guys, he he does some fucked up shit to terrible their bodies. Things. True enough. And then, like, you see the three cultists in the school when the other world comes, and they, got, they all get got by the scorpion bug creatures, basically. Mm-hmm. Which have tiny little faces on them, which are Human actually faces. kind of adorable. Weird, yeah. Very creepy. Super cute and yet creepy at the same time. <laughs> but I loved how many dancers must have gotten work for this oh, yeah. film. Uh, do you talk about it at all? I don't want to. No, not really. No. The, cool. the nurse movements. Because there's, yeah, like the nurses. I know the kids in the beginning are also all dancers that yeah. get like CG'd on top of them so that they have like the burningness. But there's lots of really cool movement that happens. And the only people you can hire that can do that shit is dancers, man. Yeah. Colin is actually played by the uh, coordinator, like the dance coordinator. Choreographer? Choreographer. That's the <laughs> second time I said coordinator instead. It's <laughs> the same word. I mean, he also probably coordinated hi- hiring the yeah. right dancers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and for the nurses, they actually had dancers um, like do their creepy contortion backwards and then um, reversed it. So they're like, it almost looks like they're tripping over themselves as they're walking forward. Nice. That's why when you watch them in their like heels and stuff, it looks like their legs are like bending back and forth because they're fucking up and it's probably because they have to walk backwards. Nice. It's a strong effect. Yeah, it's really good. That one's pretty iconic of Silent Hill too. Like that's the, the nurses are in one, but they're more like hunched over and have mutant backs. Don't worry, I'm going to ask you a question in my final point. Nice. About the nurses. But uh, to start off my final point, Pyramid Head would be so cool as a Dead by Daylight killer. <laughs> It's true. I'm on a Dead yeah. by Daylight. Um, it's funny because I haven't been able to go on uh, Super Hopped Up in so long, but I have been playing lots of Dead by Daylight. So it's nice to talk about it a little bit on our <laughs> horror movie podcast. But like having him be a killer and then maybe having like Sharon's mom or dad be one of the survivors, I That'd thought be cool. would be fun. I, I wonder if that would be feasible. I'm guessing no, because Konami doesn't do things anymore. That's what yeah. Kelly said. Yeah, Konami's all about pachinko machines now. Hell yeah. yeah, where the money's at. Or making very bad versions of their games. Uh, Although, like, Americans have been able to get um, licenses to Silent Hills. I think most of the last few Silent Hill games have all been American licenses. Mm. I know, like, Homecoming, Downpour. Downpour might have been, like, Australian or something like that. But I... I, I always wondered if that was if that was Konami seeking out outside developers or outside developers pitching to Konami. I don't know. I'm not too sure. Because again, the guy who made this pitched to Konami that he wanted to make a movie. That makes sense. I don't think Konami would seek out making a movie for this. No. Although, actually, Maybe. no. I, who knows? It's, it's not one of my facts, but this movie did not do well. 
Shocking. Shocker. It cost like 50 million, I think, and only made like 20 million in the first weekend. It, it looks expensive. It Yeah. Again, the aesthetics, great. Visuals, great. There was like 120 sets, I think. And then, yeah, like just a shit ton of CGI to get like the the glow, the like rust and dirt and darkness and shit like that. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but just to wrap up my final point, I know that Dead by Daylight already has the nurse, which is like obviously inspired by this yeah. uh, character from Silent Hill. Uh, but you were talking about Kelly, the reasoning behind their sexy yet monstrous character design. Uh, oh yeah, the other day, uh, uh, earlier today while we watched it. So. Yeah, so and I kind of talk a little bit about my. I feel like I'm gonna chop a lot of my points, but uh, the nurses are basically a representation of the character in two's like sexual repression because his wife is dying and they can't have sex. So like every time he visits her, he sees these nurses and it gets like in his head how attractive they are. And uh, their faces are supposed to look like used condoms. Yikes. Yeah. Big so, yikes. So it's like the the like generic like beauty of their body with the like disgusting urges of an like a soggy wet condom as their face. It's because he doesn't look at their faces. All he thinks about is urges. So it's like, what do we project onto the face that you can't think of right now? It's what you've done, basically. Mm. It's it's something I was thinking about when the, when the movie started, and you see like the first bad guy of sorts. You see are sort of like the the, the incinerated babies. Yeah. The, the thought I had is because I know from Silent Hill games, like a lot of the zombies are just sort of manifestations of someone's trauma or issues. So I was wondering if. Like I had this, I had this weird like like run on sentence going on in my head when you see like the burnt babies. I was just like, so Sharon's adopted, so maybe that means there's been fertility issues in Rose's life. Mm. So maybe there's a situation where it's like this, this is her sort of trauma manifestation of not being oh. able to have a kid or having a miscarriage or something like that. Yeah. Well, and then you see a spitter demon, and then it's just that all just gets thrown out the fucking window. Let me tell you. All right, so my first point. Uh, as a huge fan of the game, I actually always enjoy watching this movie. And I've seen it like a shit ton, shit ton of times. And there are a lot of like interesting changes that they've made to like make it more film ready, I guess. Like, uh, it's definitely, you can't experience the story in a 20 hour game. No. Instead, it's got to be two hour film. <laughs> they, they tried and failed. <laughs> <laughs> and like most, because most of the game is like, go to this point, go kill some school, enemies, kill the, the boss. Go to yeah. this point, kill some enemies, kill the boss. Um, so like there's new characters, like three characters that are actually from the game, which is Sybil, Alessa and, um, Dahlia, but like Dahlia is completely different. Um, and like, there's no Rose Christopher for some reason is basically Harry, but they decided to rename him. Uh, good name. There's like no, <laughs> there's no active cult really in, um, in the, in the game. It's mostly Dahlia cause she's the villain in the game. And uh, it's all about like resurrecting a god through like your your cursed child giving birth. It's very very much different. Like there's no god summoning in this. It's just burn the witches and pretend we're not in purgatory. The apocalypse happened, etc. For me though, having Pyramid Head and having the nurses in this movie doesn't really make sense, other than like marketability. People fucking love these characters. Yeah. We need yeah. to put him in this movie. There is no need for him, but I don't think you could have gotten away with not having Pyramid Head in this. Yeah. It's iconic. Exactly. People wouldn't know what it was if it didn't have them. They're also like, they're both from Silent Hill 2, and this movie is clearly supposed to be like an interpretation of Silent Hill 1. The other creatures that they use kind of work in context. Like the armless man could possibly represent the people that were trapped and burning to death because it's very like confined and painful kind okay. of. It's like they're being crushed under buildings and shit like that. Right. Uh, and I kind of can see the, the gray children could represent Alessa's child, 
But also, like you said, it could be the adoption thing. But like, I don't know. I, th- I think my idea was dumb because my idea was sort of rose, rose centered around like this being Rose's hell and it's not. It's Alessa's hell. Yeah. This one. Uh, and it was the same in the first game as well. It's like everything was representative of uh, Cheryl and Alessa. And it could also just be like the children that died in the fire. Maybe. Maybe she Those. did have a miscarriage from being burned. Maybe baby died. That could make sense. Maybe it's all those shitty kids that were throwing books at her. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it also is just that like the they're from the game, the first game, so it makes sense. And I really like uh, Colin uh, being a creature, although he's like never prominently featured. Like he has one scene, and it basically feels like the director wanted to inject his OC and show him off, which is. Weirdly enough, I think like my favorite, my, the most striking scene in the film for me is like when Rose is running away from the Colin the Pain zombie. There's just like a, a, a short cut where Colin's still kind of in the washroom and like literally all of reality is kind of turning into hell organs around him and he kind of lives, this gives us this weird scream. Yeah. It's maybe like my favorite visual moment in the entire movie. It is really cool because like the pustules, it's creepy. The pustules and like the blood veins oh, crawling on the wall. Yeah, that yeah. was really interesting. I, I think it's basically supposed to be like Alessa felt like dirty and corrupted after what he'd done to her. So now he corrupts and, and infects everything that he touches. Um, so it is like a genuinely good sign. It's essentially a silent hill. OC. see the, the, whoever wrote that was like, mm, I love, I got a creature idea for you guys. I liked it. I, I mean, they are making a silent hill movie. So that's, that's true. That's literally what they're supposed to if do. I get one chance at a <laughs> Your creature. Your tone is like, but that's their job. Oh no. Yeah. I think it's good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, it's uh, it's really good. I think that they changed a lot of the story because it. I think it wouldn't read well, especially to like American audiences, to have the end of this movie take place in like a dark room on a fence floor with Dahlia screaming that she's resurrecting the new go- god, and then an angel pops out of Alessa. <laughs> it's too bad. A missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and then Harry runs into the darkness holding an infant child. Yeah, I don't think that would have been that that good actually. And my, I only did two points because I've also got a lot of trivia. I really like how many strong ladies there are in this movie. Hell yeah. Like all of the main characters are women, even the villains. And like all of the catalyst for this movie is through Alessa and Sharon. And like, I don't know, it's, it's super cool. Sean Bean does fuck all. He He reads a book and then a cop tells him to go home. It was nice that like, instead of having the dad be the one that has to like, chase after his daughter they change it to be the mom yeah it was like and it's all about the love of a mother for her child like through dahlia and and alessa and through rose and sharon they're also written to not be just like one dimensional like strong female characters like rose runs back to her car at some point and calls her husband and says like i fucked up i need your help please come i please come help me which you're you realized you're in this hell dimension with a bunch of monsters yeah, like you're going to probably yeah. you're going to probably call your partner and ask for help. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And yeah. then like Dahlia being manipulated by her sister and then like giving up her daughter and then immediately Ugh. feeling guilt is like everything's about uh, what, did, what did they say a couple times? A mother is God in the eyes of a child. Exactly. Yeah. Just the hokiest line, though. <laughs> Just the hokiest line. Is that not from like. It's it's probably from something. The Bible uh, or something? I don't know. The Bible's written better than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's my fact. Are you, or my points. Are you ready for some... Scaredy facts. Yes, I am. We, we have uh, 
we have couples segments. We do lame couples things on our podcast. It's cute. It's adorable. Thank you. Thanks. Do you want to tell the story? Yeah. So every time Shar and I watch a horror movie, we will like lie in bed or sit on the couch and we will read the trivia of that movie and then Shar will inevitably fall asleep after like three or four. Hey. So we've incorporated. I've had hard days. (laughs) (laughs) We've injected that mechanic of our, that that feature, that game design duck of our relationship into Into our our podcast. podcast. <laughs> when you go into the menus, you can collect all of our trivia facts and then you unlock a golden hat. It's cute and gross. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, my first fact is that there are around 100 different copies of Rose's outfit. Whoa. Throughout the entire movie, she starts at like a summery sundress kind of thing and it like slowly progresses through the movie until she's wearing like a blood red shirt with a blood red uh, skirt and stuff like that. Yeah, I noticed it was like super gray for a while and then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, it's like red. Yeah, and it's like as like shit gets thrown at her and dirt mucks up in her and shit like that, it's like it slowly transitions into red red rose. Cool. (laughs) God. Also, I didn't put include this fact, but um, to like add to the aesthetic of looking disgusting by the end of the movie, the actress actually never washed her hair during filming. Nice. Which, yikes. Did they film in order? Uh, they had to, if that's a fact. That's like they true. must have, I guess. I don't know. It's very. I feel like I would stop hanging out with her after a while. Like good, good on you and dedicated to you the. You think cause. she has time to hang out with people? While she's filming. <laughs> <laughs> you always, you always gotta love it when actors go full method for films that just fucking flop. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. No, I good honor. Honestly, that that rules. But yeah, like I wish, I wish, I wish she could have done it for a, a better film. I suppose. Yeah. I guess. I mean, year twenty nineteen, the year of our Lord. She, we're still watching this. So, fact two: in the original script, there were only supposed to be female characters. Hey. Yeah. And then they were like, "Wait a second. We can't sell this. Nobody this, would want to watch this." That doesn't surprise me. Like this movie would have been better if it was all female characters. I almost wanted to say when you were talking about like the strong female presence in this film, like Sean Bean is the only male character, and you could excise him from this entire fucking film. Yeah, that's he doesn't what, need to be there. That's the point too that I was uh, talking about. Is the reason that he seems so out of place is because they had to shoehorn him doing things into the movie. <laughs> Which at the end of the day, like, yeah, you cut every scene of Sean Bean out of the film and it still works. Like, we don't really learn anything from his just Hardy Boys-esque investigation yeah. bullshit. We learned that, like, this, what was it, the Braham, Brahma's town or whatever looks after their own. And we, we, when we cover something up, we cover it up good. Yeah. Go home, city boy. We got this. A lot, of, lot, of, go, lot of go home city person in this film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah. 100% Christoph Gans like sent out the script and it was returned with a memo that says there are no men fuck man making never films never see that about ladies making man. films back in 2006 yeah where are all the men where are all of these men we need Sean Bean to do things I, I think he was originally in the movie but he was like at the beginning and the end they were just gonna shoehorn or not shoehorn a bookend with yeah. a guy but uh, luckily you still end up with a movie where 90% of the job is done by women. Yeah. The, the only purpose I think Sean B might actually have is at the very end, which if you hadn't already figured it out, you just get bludgeoned with a hammer of, oh, they're dead. It's in hell. Like, yeah. they're, they're in purgatory. They're not alive anymore. Do you get it? <laughs> Fact three, uh, Christoph Gans was actually really irritated by Rada Mitchells, who plays Rose, uh, her approach to acting, which typically involved her needing to do several shots before she could get into character. Uh, in the DVD commentary, That's not an approach to acting—that's just not Bad being acting. prepared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, in the DVD commentary, Gan states that it was especially difficult to film scenes with her and Laurie Holden, who plays Sybil, due to their very different acting techniques. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. Doesn't that just mean that she's a bad fucking that actress? That sucks, yeah. I mean, I feel like I, whenever I work with film, I always suck, too. It's, <laughs> it's very different than theater, I find. But yeah, like, don't waste everyone's time. Yeah, that's Film be... is expensive. Like, think of, like, the 30 people's salaries that you're paying while you're like, oh, sorry, I know that take wasn't good. Let me do it one more time. Yeah, like, I was doing Othello during that shot. I forgot I'm supposed to be Rose. It's it's a weird it's a weirdly common trope and I've always been like confused by it where it seems like actors and actresses are just sort of like the most like hard to work with people. I'm sure that's not actually true in a lot of like actual real life stuff, but I know it's sort of like a trope in in films yeah, where like yeah. actresses are characters in it. And I've never understood that. I've always felt like in order to be like a good actor or actress, you probably need someone who like will show up on fucking time. Yeah. And isn't yeah. just a fucking nightmare to work with. Yeah. I mean, like most good actors that like do like they talk about behind the scenes stuff. They're like me and the director were a team. We worked together like he knew exactly what to do to get me ready for this scene. Yeah. And it's like if you fucking show up and you're like, all right, let's do this. First takes uh, nothing, whatever. Yeah. The director's probably not going to want to be on your team, although they're motivated to make a good movie. It does feel like when you talk about being in like plays and stuff, it's like you don't have the opportunity to like get yourself in the zone. It's like you show up, you get on stage, you have to be yeah. in character. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's no funny. double takes. It's like what Robert California says. You should show up already warmed up. That's an office reference. I've heard of the office. Thanks. <laughs> uh, fact four, I'm pretty sure. So Christoph Gans actually wanted all of the film's music to be from the game. Um, he, he just wanted to use Akira Yamaoka's. However, the film's production contract required that a Canadian composer be involved. I mean, that's pretty cool. So they remixed Yamaoka's tracks. Yeah, if this was a Canadian film, then there are always CanCon requirements, definitely. Yeah. Does that mean that they were, like, funded by, um, like, Canada Media Fund or whatever? Or is it Could just... Be. Is it just in Canada you need to have? I I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, like, it, it meant it was a Canadian production in that case. Like, because, like, American films come up here all the time and they film in Vancouver. But, yeah. like, they're not under any sort of requ Canadian requirements in that regard. I don't yeah. think. Don't I mean, ask me. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I believe because of this fact, this movie was entirely done by Canadians because it was also filmed in Ontario, I think. Oh. Which apparently to anyone that can listen to accents and understand it, most of the characters sounded like they were from Canada and not from like uh, Virginia or where they were supposed to be. West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, they certainly don't have a West Virginia accent. That's, that's <laughs> true. Instead of the, the gas station attendant being like, hey, you come around these parts, it's like, Hey. A boat. Oh, hey there. You uh, <laughs> looking for that uh, Silent Hill there? Oh, no, we don't go down there anymore. <laughs> that place is cursed. Not since the Putin fire of 2002. <laughs> also, like, I didn't write this down and I was thinking about this. Canonically, by the end of, like, the Silent Hill series, there were so many excuses why Silent Hill is fucked up that I'm pretty sure it was a coal mine that's on fire on top of a Indian burial ground that was cursed by gods because they they worshipped the wrong god, and then probably radiation hit it or something. The, the idea that I liked is just like when, when Alessa was getting burned, it's just like the fire went off so wrong, it just burned the entire city down. <laughs> no, that was the first fire. There were two fires. There was the Alessa fire that exposed the cult, and then the coal mine caught on fire. Oh. Yeah. Clear plot all the way through. Good, strong plot. Stem to the stern. second time I've seen it, and I still don't know. <laughs> I mean, I did read a lot of shit for this. Fifth fact? Probably. Uh, in a nod to Silent Hill 3, the game's theme song um, of Silent Hill 3 is used in the film's editing credits. Also, another song from the game 
plays on the radio while Rose and uh, Sharon are driving towards Silent Hill. Oh, yeah. I noticed you went like, heh. Yeah, that was that moment. Because <laughs> it's also like so out of place. And like the way that they introduced the song, it's like uh, sweeping the shining style uh, setting. And then it, it like the song comes in really strong and then it cuts to them in the car and you can clearly hear that it's on the radio. And I was like, I get it. <laughs> I see what she did there. There, there was some uh, like produced tracks in this. Well, it just, the only reason I remember this is because there's a really awkward cut early on where it cuts to she's in a diner after being chased by the babies and just Johnny Cash's Ring yeah. of Fire starts yes. playing. That- I could not stop laughing when that started. It was a little so on the nose for a movie that's just on the nose. It's just <laughs> punching you on it. Yeah, that's the only song that's not uh, made by Akira Yamaoka. Why? Why Burning Ring of Fire? Did you need to? <laughs> Because, you know, there's a lot of fiery things going on, Kelly. I guess. Stupid Think Canadians. Think of the coal mine. Yeah. Uh, They're in hell. <laughs> so this one's actually my fact that I made up with my brain juice. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. Uh, so this movie actually went on to ins- inspire a lot of the de- design in Silent Hill Homecoming, because that game was uninspired, so they had to find it somewhere. They actually used the version of Pyramid Head from this movie rather than the original design, because he's like pointier and scarier and super fucking jacked and shirtless and everyone loved this one versus the like homeless man with a scalpel from uh yeah silent hill 2 pyramid head is bay in this film definitely he is and then i i don't know if they meant to do this but you know when like pyramid head is like reaching through the door to grab the bar mm-hmm. and sybil shoots him in the arm his wound looks like a vagina i didn't notice that but i might have to go and check that again it's definitely not a bullet hole <laughs> because that entire scene was supposed to be very sexual where he's like stabbing through the door and these two women are like avoiding his giant phallic knife but then she shoots him in the arm and it looks like a vagina and i'm like really it's a it's it's a, it's a sexual reference i guess i guess in the way that like boobs are sexual inherently sexual it's true yes they are of course um and then actually the transition uh from the fog world to the other world in this movie was then used in silent hill homecoming because usually you don't see a transition like in silent hill one you walk through a, a hallway and the sirens play and then you open up a door and suddenly it's uh steely and stuff and then in, like silent hill three it's like more bloody and whatnot but the like ash and the melting and stuff like that is, was such a cool effect that the homecoming team uh, stole it. This movie, despite trying to screw itself at every turn, this movie's got style. It looks good. Yeah. yeah it looks really cool. And I like. I guess they did that because they're like, it'll be dumb if she walks through a door and suddenly it looks like Silent Hill. So let's come up with a cool visual effect. Yeah. And I think it, it really worked. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, my final one is that I think the cultists in their like minor gear is used in Silent Hill Downpour. But that cool. game also kind of sucks, so I didn't bother looking it up. But I think, I mean, Downpour has human <laughs> enemies that you fight with a gun and shit. Like, no Silent Hill game should have human enemies. The, the, the development of Silent Hill games is itself a horror film, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's all my facts. Nice. Good facts. That was good. I, I like it. Thanks. Oh, my my final thoughts. The first one as well. I'm just talking a lot. Great, go 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 deep dive into our final thoughts. Go off, King. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Mine's my final thoughts. Pretty simple. Is that I I always love watching this movie, and I look forward to the next time because I'm sure that we're gonna watch this movie again, or, or I will. Um, and I'm re- <laughs> I'm actually genuinely really happy that at no point in our history has anyone made a second Silent Hill film. Yeah, there's no Silent film. Not one, two. but. But God Kelly, damn time has Kelly, ever, anyone ever made a second Silent Hill film? Kelly, what about that? I heard there's I heard there was another Kelly. Yeah. I heard there was another one though. 
I don't I I I researched what? for hours and mm. nobody has <laughs> nobody has ever been given a license to do a Silent Hill movie again and okay. then utterly relentlessly and devastatingly made a shit garbage ass dumpster fire in, that should be sunk to the bottom of the ocean in and eaten by a whale and then stabbed by a neurotic pirate on a ship that got his arm bit off years ago or something. I don't know. In, in, in a universe where this is the good Silent Hill, that is a, that is a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you, neither of you have seen that dumpster fire, have you? It doesn't exist, apparently. Yeah. Good. My final thought is that um, it's definitely a fun film to throw on. And I actually surprisingly liked it more the second time around, even though, to be fair, the dialogue was atrocious. But I think I'm going to like it even more the next time we watch it. Just like Kelly said, we're going to definitely watch it again. Which, to wrap up my final thought, oh God, is this a cult classic? Yes. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think it is. Hundred By every de- definition of cult classic in that it utterly failed in the box office. <laughs> I think that the reason, part of the reason why I think it's a cult classic, though, is because I think if you make a video game film, I think by pure dint of the source material, it will always become a cult classic. Mm. Like, maybe that's not entirely true, because there are some of those, uh, the, that German director that made a bunch of bad films that oh, just Uwe, were awful. Uwe Boll or Mr. whatever. Uwe Boll never made any cult classics, but... <laughs> You make, a, you make a passable video game film, it will instantly become a cult classic, I think. I mean, like, the Resident Evil 1 movie is still decent. It's the only good one. The Doom movie is, like, weirdly good in some parts. It's interesting. But then, yeah, like, Uwe Boll's Postal is yeah. horrible. Glad he went back to restaurant touring. <laughs> here in Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> a few blocks from here. Um... My final thoughts real quick. Movies have a lot of fun, as I think everyone else has already um, hammered home. Don't take this movie seriously at all. <laughs> the visuals are great. They hold up surprisingly well 13 years after being after being released. Uh, dialogue's god-awful. The acting is struggling against it the entire time. Um, <laughs> but considering like it came from a PS1-era game that probably had to get translated into English as best they gosh darn well could, it, it, it does it pretty well. Um, last point, most important point of all, um, Epstein didn't commit suicide. He was murdered. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's been Silent Hill, a movie about how much barbed wire you can fit into two hours. (laughs) Next week, we'll be watching, uh, the runner up for our patron voted horror, which is us from 2019. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah! Ah!